0: Everybody to the Saint Seah Cosmo CosmoCast. I'm your host, Ramses, and per usual, I would like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, sharing our podcast, and also participating in our survey as well. Our survey will be up till episode 10, so if you haven't filled out our survey, I'll leave a link in our show description so you can fill it out. I would really appreciate some feedback as to like what you guys want to see on the podcast and what we can do more so we can interact with the user base as well. So before we start, I want to uh, say that, I want to send out some shout-outs. Shout-outs to a one miss, Marlene Sharp, who discovered our podcast. If you haven't listened to our podcast about other things, say, uh, live-action um, projects that have, been, that have been happening since the inception of the show, we discussed about the live-action show that was supposed to be made here in the United States, and she discovered the show, and um, discovered actually my show. And we um, we've been in contact with each other, and she shared this podcast with other people as well. So I'm really appreciative of her sending out the sending out some love to the podcast. And um, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to that show, Marlene Sharp was one of the people responsible for that promo. So you know, it's, so it's so it's kind of a big deal for me that that person got in contact with me. Um, also, I wanted to make a correction of the last episode we did the, the emergency episode of the podcast. I know we kind of went through this kind of like very very um, haphazardly not even like not even having like notes, but the thing is, I forgot to mention that it was not just in the United States but also in Canada and in Australia as well. So if you live in any of those three parts of the world—the United States, Canada, or Australia—get your voices heard about, about getting *Saint sea some way, somehow, still available in your in your um, in your neck of the woods. As of this as of the time, of this as the show goes up, we should be like a couple more days before it gets taken off Netflix. That no one said anything just yet. if there's any news about like who's got the who's gonna get the license. Or where the show going to go to next, or what's going to happen to the dub, or anything like that. As of so far, as of this, as of this recording. So, but if something does happen, there will be an emergency episode, or I'll discuss it in the next episode as soon as possible. All right. That said, let's talk about some news. First bit of news is that um, Mas- Masami Karuna is about to have a, is about to launch a shocking new Saint Seiya project for Champion Red magazine and starting the published on December 18th. Speculations are running high as to what it can be. But people are saying it's going it's going to be possibly a one-off. We don't know what kind of one-off it might be. But we also might so on like and it might be like what happened with the last one-off which was the um, chapter 0 where the the these chapters will be available also not just in the pages of Champion Red but also in um It'll also, one of the new, current editions of the Saint Seiya Manga that's being published, the final editions. Right now, Shonen Champion and Shonen Red have been the place where you can... Um, ...have been the place, have been the home for Saint Seiya for quite a while now, starting up with the, with the first spin-off series of Saint Seiya G. Um, let's see. Right now, it's, right now they have Menido Ken, Darkwing, which is an Isekai. Can't believe what I'm saying it's an Isekai Isakai about a guy who gets transferred and be- um, who gets transferred to Hades and becomes the next Warren wi- saint after Rather Mantis. So I need to check that out because I actually do like Rather Mantis as a character. Um, and again, and uh. Next bit of news is that um. They're going to revive the Saint Paradise ser- card series. Bandai announced that they are taking out orders for a 42 card series with 36 Ryushi cards plus 7 new EX cards with new designs, which are confirming it's going to be Athena and her Bronze Saints and the, gold- the God Plots from the very end of the series. So that's going to be really cool if you collected those cards back in the days. It all comes in a commemorative box and binder for 9,900 yen via um, Bandai Premium Japan. Um, we don't know if it's going to be made for international customers, but keep an eye out for it. And the reason why I brought this up is because like later on we're going to have a discussion about the Saint Seiya video games. And the Saint Paradise was one of the things that they made a video game based on, more particularly on the Game Boy. And I know the Saint Seiya Par- Saint Paradise was one of the, like, the bigger thing, one of the post-Saint Seiya stuff that got the spin-off and stuff like that, like the toys, the card, and the trading cards as well, so... I do understand there's a lot of fans for that as well, so, you know look out for that, you know look out for, like, all, all that good stuff, because, like, I, I, I really like those, those designs of the same paradise, so, so hopefully, hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll get more information as time goes on, I do believe, I think the, the date they're gonna release it was gonna be February of 2022, or March, but keep an eye out, keep an eye out. Out. With that said, that's all the news we have so far. Uh, again, if there's something breaks that's like really important, we will cover it in an emergency podcast. But before we start our usually what I want to do is I usually have the discussion of like our main topic discussion and then the topic discussion of the episodes that we watched. But I'm gonna flip it this time because I think a lot of the content of this new Um, This coming, like, main topic of of video games is a very dense and very, very in-depth discussion of, like, video games and stuff like that. So, I want to, like, take a moment and, like, if if you want to tune out to—if you're tuning in to hear the podcast and hear the discussion about, like, the episodes that you wanted—that we saw— I thought i thought you might as well get get on with it right now and then if you're not interested just like you know later on with those things with the things of video game stuff that you know maybe later like you know if you're if you're not interested you can skip it over so that's why we're gonna leave it to the end of that discussion because it is going to be kind of in-depth just let everybody know if i if i remember, so as the episode goes on we were, um we were we were kind of revealed that Athena is that sayori is Athena you know the sanctuary is now. Now the sanctuary knows that what's going on. They're trying to keep, They're trying to keep that information from, um, from everybody. The fight between uh, Perseus Argol and um, Shiryu, and that's the fight where he loses his sight. Something that unfortunately it's gonna be something that we're gonna be seeing for for a, a very long time. He's gonna be like this as well. So, um, also during this time too, they they do take a lot of, they do fight, um. They, they do fight, um, uh, what, Astroth and Moses, and so, the, those fights, so, like, at the beginning of these episodes, we're getting to those fights as well, so, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting where, where things are going, they're, like, more in line with the manga, but then we have to address the elephant in the room, which is stuff like the Silver Saints, I mean, not Silver Saints, the Steel Saints. The steel saints are like are literally designed to be like Saints like the microman toys and you can clearly tell it like this was designed toy first and everything else second because like the, like it feels like there's like like each of the each of their cloths has a gimmick to them like like I think like like each one has like a weird gimmick and you can clearly tell it that, that gimmick was like designed as like a toy like first and foremost. And they appear during the um, during the Perseus Argol fight, which is like I thought it they were like before that, but I guess my memory has been really fuzzy since like you since my originally watched because like when I watched it now I'm like, all right, so they appear here, okay, cool, and they just don't do anything. <laughs> they don't contribute anything to the fight, and it's more blatantly obvious as an adult that, that they didn't really do contribute much at all. As a kid, I remember watching, it's like, yeah, they were there, and then they just suddenly disappeared and never really came back. But here, it's just, like, it's painfully, painfully obvious that, like, they were just there as, like, a, as like just to sell a toy. It's a toyetic thing. If you ever don't know the term toyetic, toyetic is, like, when you make something intentionally with the... You make something intentionally for a TV show or anything like that with the sole intention of selling it. So... Yeah, this is, like, really blatant on that, um, on that, on that end. (laughs) And the worst part is, like, they, like, you would think, like, they would be doing their own thing on their own side, but they're participating in, like, main story arcs, and they're just standing there, unfortunately. Which is, makes it even more jarring if you, like, read the original manga, or if you just watch the CGI show where they don't come, where they don't appear. Where I think it's a little more closer to how the manga was where like it, it goes like a little more closer in terms of like action beats But seeing them here is just like wow, it just takes it just took it just took me out for like whatever time it is And we get to see a little bit of their own um, origins We get to see like a little bit of, like what where they came from and stuff like that It was a project by so uh, by Mitsumatsu Kido who um, wanted like just in case like the Saints were not powerful enough to have something being made as well on the side and you know we find we find out their allies and stuff like that. And they're, good. they're they're the good guys and all. And it just leads to one of, this, one of the stupidest moments ever. Where it's just like Iki's like, okay, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna go on my own. And I and you know don't worry about me. You have the you have the steel saint on your side. I'm like, oh my God, dear Christ! Oh. <laughs> wow, man. You just, leaving him high and dry, and it's fine, like, he's, he's more of a lone wolf anyways, and so it makes sense that he's just, like, he goes off and just, goes off and do his own thing, but, it really is kind of, like, one of those things where it's like, man, dude, it's like, the, that, that really sucks a lot, that you're just leaving me out to, that you're, like, leaving me, like, uh leaving me and the team just out, out to dry like that. So, like I said, like, we're, like, where we are, it's like, that's really good, like, other than those, other than those issues, we do spend a lot of time with uh, the Perseus R. L. stuff, and that stuff is really good, and that stuff still holds up in this. Um, in, um and even now, after during this rewatch, I'm so I'm so surprised by how good it is. Cause like the last time I remember going through this, it was in the manga, and well, while the manga was good, going through this again for like uh, for review purposes and for like um, just for other reasons, just to like give myself a refresher with uh, how I was with the anime, I do feel like this is a very, I do feel like it's more stronger than I, than I remember when I remember it being when I was younger. Again, this goes back to something I discussed quite a few episodes ago, I think like episode three or episode four when we discussed about the filler stuff. Whereas like I thought the filler stuff was longer, but it was actually like a lot shorter. And I and I thought like this stuff was I thought this I thought these fights dragged out longer than, than they were. But then it's I think the mentality where when you were a kid, a lot of stuff that you were um that you saw as a as in a like as a kid, they felt like Time is going a lot slower, as opposed to like now, where things are going a lot faster. You, you see, get to see things ha- ha- happen more rapidly, and thus, you know, your your mind plays tricks as to like, well, if that will, if that thing you remember watching as a kid it was really a, that long, like was really that long in the back of your brain. But I'm learning more and more that like that kind of stuff was really just was really like my brain playing tricks with me. So. Like I said, we're, we're going to a really good part with the series. Like, we're going to get a little bit more filter av- after this as well. But we're also getting a lot more Silver Saint action as well. Our, our really slowly, very slowly, escal- on getting towards the Twelve Houses arcs, I believe, I, like, not this episode, but, like, in two more episodes with these discussions, I think we'll be there. And we'll be in the midst of things, and we're going to, like, be in the, like, in the thick of it, so... Like, I, I, I do appreciate those who are sticking around so far with this and, like, listening so far with um the intent of, like, going slow, slowly with these episodes. That now you guys are giving a good better understanding, like, how this series is working and how this series is slowly escalating to something really big. Alright. So, take a... Okay, so let's get into our main topic of the podcast. I know we switched things around, so video games are not really your thing, and for like this is gonna be the majority of the podcast. So if you want to tune out now, I understand. So it, like again, if you if you have any um, thoughts or questions or anything you want like you want to share with me, please share it to me on my on the podcast's official Twitter, St Cosmocast, and use the hashtag Keep Burning Our Cosmos, and we can start a discussion with me and the fans. So, uh, let's get started with like the whole discussion about the video games. And like I said, there's a lot to discuss about the video games. Games at that time was very was a, a lucrative business in Japan. I know, and I I know a lot of people want to cite stuff like the video game crash of 1983, and the rise of the of the Nintendo in 1987, and 1988 as like the big like turning points in the United States. But before that, we never had that that crash in Japan. So. One of the things that that gave a lot of customer confidence was the release of the Famicom. The Famicom was viewed as like this really good system, and they saw that there was a, there was a flaw in one of the chips. The chips that's in the original release, so they decided to like they decided to hold back all their, their stock of that and decided to like reissue a new Famicom, and it gave a lot of customer confidence and it gave them a lot of confidence that that, that gave them a huge footing in Japan. To do a lot of the stuff that they're doing, that they're doing at this point. Now that um, there's a lot of confidence with Nintendo, a lot of people, a lot of third-party companies are publishing games and publishing them at, at an alarming rate. And you're gonna get a lot of like for as many good games you're gonna get, you're gonna get as many bad ones. And it's because like a lot of them are just chasing uh, chasing trend at the time. In this case, um, if this 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 would be in 1986. So. Where our first game, Saint Seo Ogon Setsu, it would be released in, like, it would be released just after Dragon Quest One. Dragon uh, Final Fantasy One would not be released I think until like nineteen eighty eight. So at least in these couple of games, we're not gonna have any of this discussion about it. But with Ogon Densetsu, you can clearly tell the inspiration was Dragon Quest. The game was made by Bandai, but it was made. Under it was made by it was programmed by a company named Tose. Tose is a notorious company in Japan that makes fly by night video games. Like they, that is their main job. They they make a game like within a couple of weeks, and they, that's it. And they've done this before, And this wouldn't be the first time they've done it before. Uh, most notoriously, they've done a man game as well, and a couple of other games also for the also for the Family and NES as well that have been subpar at best. So it should give you an idea about where the kind of thing where if you're wondering like why this game is kind of like subpar, why this game kind of feels kind of rushed, is because that's kind of like the company's like MO. And you can clearly tell Dragon Quest was a huge inspiration because like a lot of it is it's a really dialogue heavy game. Stats are being used all over the place. And it's one of those types of games where it's like, you, you can tell that, like, Dragon Quest was, like, inspiration all over the place. It, it was flat out. Another inspiration that I believe that could be um, inspired by this game is um, Xanadu. Which is, we got here in the United States and under the name Faw Xanadu for the NES and also for the Famicom as well via, um, via Hudson Soft. It was a game, it was the second of the Dragon uh, Slayer series by Falcom. Welcome makers of games like Yeast and other really, really amazing JRPGs. And it's like their very first 14 to a side-scroller RPG slash, like, um, side-scroller platformer cross-between action RPG. Something that we would see a lot of in in the next game, in games like, um... The packing videos version of the Famicom version of Rambo, and notoriously um, Zelda Two as well. So if you're if you ever want to everyone to know like where Zelda Two came from, look at games like Xanadu, and that should give you an idea about where the people were at the time that were making these games. That they were where their minds were when they were making those games, and you know, and you can clearly tell because like it has a lot of those side scroller um, RPG um, elements to the game. But I feel there's more exploratory stuff that feels kind of vague as well. Because like they can only tell you, like, do this and do that. And there's a lot of mini-wingers, a lot of things that you need to do. And it's poorly told to you in the game. In-game, it doesn't tell you, like, really much about what you're supposed to do. And you know that even though that's kind of a common thing in those types of games, I think more so it hinders the game more. Because it should, in essence, tell you what you should be doing more clearly. And... This game is and this game is clearly proof that's like they that what they were trying to do is they were trying to get like a they're trying to get money out, out of people by not only buying the game but also buying the guidebook as well. And it's very very evident because it's like they they don't tell you a lot of things and like where you need to go to next and stuff like that. It's kind of everything's kind of vague and like left to your imagination. There's so many places you can go to in the game. You start the game off in Greece and then you have to go to Japan and you got to go to the garage um, um, uh, mansion and you to got to the Galaxian tournament. And you got to go chase Iki and all that stuff. And they they kind of like tell you oh they're over there or they're in, they're in this particular spot but you want to know where that particular spot is, or they don't tell you like how to do certain things as well like what what the stats do with your different with your different abilities that you do to do your attacks because like what what you once you realize is that some of your, some of the stats are for your offense and defense but they're not really clearly outlined. That's pretty much what the game is you know it's a really like. It's a game that you can clearly tell that they were what what they were trying to do with the game, which was just like trying to cash in on the on the success of Saint Seiya, trying to make it feel like something that's like in in the universe by like making it an RPG or something with RPG elements. But at the end of the day, because of that, it really does feel like it's really vague as to what you're supposed to be doing next and stuff, and it really does hinder a lot of about what the game is, and it doesn't also and. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's an old, I wouldn't say it's a bad game, but once you kind of understand, like, what they're, what they're trying to do, and you can, there are guides out there on the internet that can help you out better, but at the time, you know, you had to buy the guidebook to figure out what you're supposed to do next, for the most part. And also, too, as a side note, they released this game in France for the Nintendo, like, for the PAL regions, so, if you, and so, like, if you have, if you've got like if you got time, over you can find the uh, oh, you can find um, this chavalier del on the on the Nintendo fam, uh, Nintendo Entertainment System in Europe. With that said, um, one of the things that should be noted about the game is that it was made in nineteen eighty six. on the time that we had our last discussion episode, I believe in uh May of two thousand six, 2000... not 2000, 1986? So, yeah. So where we were, we weren't really clear as to like what were the things going on with the series so far. Like we weren't known like who the enemy was and stuff like that. So, what they had to do was they had to make a new villain for the game to make sure that you there was something there was some sort of like thing you needed to go to to get to the game. Eventually, you had to go face face facing an enemy named the Shadow Saint. Shadow Saint was created by a fan named Toshione Ono. And was redesigned by Kurumada himself to be more in line with the series, but like I said, like like everything else feels like beat by beat, like what was supposed to happen so far, and then you get to then you get to the very end, it's like, yeah, fight this dude, and I'm like what? Who is this dude? So it should like tell you like how like like how half baked everything was at the very end of the game when they were making it, so. Yeah, it's 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 a mess of a game, but it's like you know, like it's an understandable mess. Like once you understand like what's going on with the with the world of uh, video games at the time, where they were just turning on video games like left and right, up and down, especially at the time where people were concerned about like just um, about, about Nintendo like um, oversaturating the market with all these bad games. It this is like this falls into that category of like a game that was designed to be like this designed overnight to be polished and then just slapped out out slapped out on um, haphazardly out out to the market. Like mini games before that. And also games like would also cause a crash in like nineteen eighty three of like all these just subpar video games for the Atari just got pushed out and like it kind of like ruined the reputation of the Atari all over um for the United States. And it was starting to happen in Japan. And because of that you got to see a lot of the, um, that's why when it came to the United States, they, um, Nintendo had a really strict, um, of quality, um, uh, measurement to make sure that, like, they, like, the bad games will be, like, weeded out and they only, like, quality games can be put in. That way, they, um, they can funnel out, like, a lot of the bad games, like your Super my, some of your Super Monkey Dibokins or your Mario Pro Hyakus, which is, which actually got released here. It actually got fixed as, um, as base is loaded. In Japan, that game is just a notoriously really bad video game. And, and, and you can clearly tell it's like, it was just a cash grab for the, because it had the same saens name. We, uh, and it's like it, became, it was a seller, but, I, I, but I'm pretty sure it also made a lot of people like really angry or really upset about how the game was structured or how the game was made or how the game would scam you into buying us a guide and stuff like that. And it just didn't help that like the next release would be more in line with that as well. So, Saint Seiya, All Gone Dead Setsu, Saint Seiya, All Gone Dead Setsu, Kanketsu Hen. And the game, game, it feels like the, the sequel to this, to the last game. Now you're in the sanctuary battles, and you have to go through all 12 um, houses of uh, of the Zodiac to fight to get to the Pope's um, layer, And, you know, then figure out what's going on with, like, about everything. And... In essence, like it feels like like it's a step forward and a step back as well. Like it looks like they wanted to do, they wanted to keep a lot of the RPG elements, but knowing that they have a limited amount of like space about where you can travel and stuff like that, they had to compensate that with like other things as well. In this case, it feels like you know what they did was like now that the the overworld is just is a more straight like straight um straight um straightforward affair where you just go to one place to the other, but then to the end. To the next, and that's pretty much about it. Say for uh, say for the uh, the weird occasion here and there, where it's like something like the House of Gemini, where it's like like things are split apart and stuff like that, different things happening, like different characters and stuff like that. So they they accommodate for all of that stuff. So in order, but they want to keep a lot of that exploratory, like you know, dialogue-ish type of thing going with the game. So instead, the game feels. So instead, the game the what it does is that it has a lot more like. It has a lot more, like, dialogue trees and, like, more dynamic dialogue between everybody. A clear inspiration on games with, level like, this with, um, I believe it was Murder on the Mississippi for the PCs in 1986 in the United States in 19... 19- and subsequently that year also for, um, also was released on the Super... on the Famicom Disk System as well. So it was, like, a lot a lot of, and whatever it's being gimmicks was, like, it was a game where it had a lot of dynamic dialogue where Keep on. Keep asking questions to questions to characters. You would get different responses, and you might get you'd get the different um, actions to be done as well. And that's kind of game you're getting here, where it's like you have to keep talking. You have to like do different things to like pretty much like like uncover what you're supposed to do next. So uh, its obtuseness is not in its where you need to go, but now its obtuseness is like what you need to do exactly in the fight to progress forward. And it works because like if, they, if you know what's, what you're supposed to do in the series, but if you don't know what's going on, you're going in cold or you play this game like how you would how you usually would play it. The game would feel like very frust- uh, a game it would feel like very uh, a game of frustrations. Like you don't know what you're supposed to do. Not just that it doesn't tell you exactly what you need to do, and a lot of times like you need to also grind out some some enemies as well on the on your way towards it, and they don't make a good um effort to explain that to you or anywhere about where you're supposed to do. So even if you have to get into combat, which is like a part combat part speech like you know speech um you know um, you know uh, word trees and like you know dialogue trees and stuff like that. It's you have to like you have to mean you have to like maintain that balance. And if you have to get into combat, that combat stuff becomes more difficult because like you're more preoccupied with like what we're supposed to do. The dialogues and the dialogue end of things. So, again, instead of like instead of trying to, trying to compensate for one thing, they added another kind of frustration as well to the game, and it was um it's it, it's a different kind of frustrating, in the sense that instead of being very vague about what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to do next and how the game is played the game is a little bit more... The game is explains a little bit more what you're supposed to do, and it's more clear-cut about what you're supposed to do, but it's more obtuse as to, like, what you're supposed to do with the actual actions. So it feels like these types of games, like... So it feels like these types of games were, like, inspired by, like, um, computer games all the time, like I said. So, they, and, again, they, they they want to get a quick buck and try to get people to get, like, buy the guidebook or, like, get, like, people to discuss it or whatever, and I think that's just a really bad idea. Both of these games would be combined to make Oh Gone Dead Tetsu a Perfect Edition for the Wonderswan in 2003. And it, and it feels like the kind of game that's like, you know, they kind of learned their lesson with, with like both games. Right? It's like, now a lot of the, the vagueness of those games is disappeared. They kind of explain to you now a lot more about what you're supposed to do next in those games. And a lot of the weird stats and stuff like that from the first game are now streamlined to be more RPG-like. So it's like now it's stuff that you can actually lo- like it's part of your leveling up stuff as well. So it's like like you know in, in video games in role play playing it's always like you know, you know you have uh, you know act uh, you have your attack you know your defense offense and that kind of stuff. So that's so that, a lot of those weird like stats that they, that they would they for your attacks that we that you would use for attacking people or defending yourself in the first in the first in, uh, first Shining game. Now it's kind of baked into your stats as as you level up. So you can level up in the game, and you can do a lot more stuff in the game as you're leveling up. You get a little more attack and stuff like that. So it's a more gradual like you know progression with with the characters, and you, that way it's like you're not doing like um. Absurd attacks, or you're losing a lot of like energy attack by doing like doing these big attacks all over the place as well. So they found they, they found a really good good um, like mix between everything. And like I said, like now now that things are a little more streamlined, a little bit more straightforward. The game doesn't feel like it's like a, like a quest-a-thon where you have to like look for things. It's kind of spelled out a little bit more. Like I said, it's like it's been a couple of years, and now that we're on better hardware, and now that people know a little bit better. This stuff like they can actually spell spell a lot of things a lot, lot better for you. So if you want to play any of the six uh, Ogon o- o- Dead Setsu games, your best bet is to play the one on the Wonderswan. Swan. But you know if you want something, but if if you're if you have the if you have the option of playing this game and you want something in English that feels sort of like uh, that can be sort of playable, play Ogon, play the play the second game Ogon Dead o- Setsu o- Kaketsu Hen. I really believe there is an English translation of that game. So, the last game we're gonna talk about is something we were discussing earlier, Saint Paradise Sakyo no Senshitachi for the Game Boy. It was released in 1992. It was based on the card, um, on the Saint Paradise cards and toys that were released and also the, the manga as well. And what I like is that it's, it covers a lot of bases. It covers from the very beginning of the series to the end of Poseidon, which is where the anime ended. And... You know, it has it has like a more well it has like a more rpg um, RPGS like um over the over the head um overhead view of like, of like when you're walking around stuff like that. And also like the battles are menu are menu driven, like games like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest as well. So the game feels very streamlined in terms of like actual like gameplay and in terms of actual gameplay. And you could clearly tell it's like that by the, the time too, it's like it's this would be nineteen ninety two, so this would be the same year as Um, Dragon Quest IV, which is a game that's been notorious for being called one of the best Dragon Quest games ever made and also Final Fantasy IV as well which is has been like a which was like one of the first sixteen um, bit RPGs that got that um that was made that was made for the super for the Super Nintendo that got like a really big recognition for what it was. So they took a lot of those all those elements also the elements of like it being a Game Boy and it's drop in and drop out kind of system of like where you can just play like these types of games like, you know, on and off. So like games like also like the Saga Frontier series where it's like those saga games they were really like they really benefited a lot from it being on a Game Boy, so you can it's easily it's, you can easily stop and go wherever you please with those games. So and like I said like the game's a little bit less um it's like it's not that vague at all it it kind of spells out things out to you so that's another good thing as well, and it's a good game. It's, it's a really good game. It's just, like again, if you're looking for an English translation, there is really none. I believe there's a Spanish translation, there's a French translation, but not a English one so far. So be on the lookout for that. Other than that, you know, those are, like, the first couple of games I wanted to discuss with, with you guys. I know there's so many more more games for PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, um, and the current, uh, and current gen systems, and also, like, oh, so many team-up games, like Jump Superstars, um... Um, J Star's Victory and so many more games that we're ready to um, team ups with, like other with other Shonen Jump characters. That at this point, like you know, it's that's that's gonna we're gonna have to leave that for another discussion for another time. Because I think that's a little bit more straightforward. We don't have to like go through all history on about video games of the time stuff like that. It's, like, it's gonna be a little bit more straightforward with this. So I can promise you, if like um, the next time we have this discussion, we will be a little bit more streamlined and we'll cover a little bit more games as well. As a result. So. With that said guys. I don't know what I'm going to do. With the next episode. Um, I do want to. I was thinking about doing an episode. On. On merchandise. Like toys and whatnot. But. I kind of. Um, I'm, I don't know how I feel about that. Just yet. So I'll keep you guys informed. About what the next topic will be. On our Twitter. If you haven't followed us on Twitter. It is on. St STCosmocast. And you can Also. Look for us also as well by using the hashtag. You keep burning that cosmos, all one word, and that way you can keep in contact with me and everybody else with the fandom, and we can all keep on this keep the discussion going as well. Like I said before, too, um, please I I urge you to please do the the um, I, I I encourage everybody to do the to, to fill out the survey that at the that that will be linked on this episode. Because I do want to get feedback, I want to make more of an effort to get more things done for the fans, and and the only way we can do this is so like you get your voice heard. So please fill out the survey as much as much as you can. I really, really do appreciate it. And like I said, it's only up to like we're gonna know go in episode ten ish. Maybe I might explain it to like episode eleven. So we that that's gonna be quite a while. That's gonna be quite a ways off from this episode. So. With that said, people, I thank you so much for hearing me rant about video games and all this other stuff as well. Because I really, I really am passionate about video games and really, and and say in general and all this other stuff. So I really do appreciate you all for listening. And please remember to keep burning that customers. See you later herrores caballeros exotriaco contra las fuerzas demoniacas guardan siempre su corazón